0: Today, we're going to be talking about digital evangelism. It feels very different to be this side of the production because during the week, I'll be behind the scenes. As the SK meeting started, I was behind the scenes as well. I was responsible for uh, getting people online and actually seeing my team telling me, hey, go on stage, this is now your time. It kind of feels different, but praise the Lord for the technology. And we want to praise the Lord as well, that we could do this online, something that we usually do in person. So let us pray before we begin our presentation. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to come before your throne again. I know Bryce has prayed, but I just feel like we need your presence all the time. We pray that you may be with us as we learn about digital evangelism May you lead us and guide us, Lord, into all truth, and help us to understand that you gave us this too to be able to reach the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, which says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world, then the end will come. Then the end shall come. So, If you take a look at that verse, it tells you something about God. God loves the whole world. That's the reason why he wants the whole world to hear of the good news of the gospel. That's why he wants us to preach it to every tongue, kindred, and people, as our message says in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and verse 7. If we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11... Verse 13, let us go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 13. It says here These these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So if you're like me, you are tired of hearing of disasters. You are tired of hearing all the calamities that are happening in this world. We are in the midst of a pandemic. You are tired of all the pain and the sorrow and the suffering that we hear each and every moment in our lives. If you're like me, you're longing for heaven where there will be no more pain, where there will be no more sorrow. But as the verse that we have read or I have recited at the beginning, we are not going to see him coming into the clouds if we haven't done our part of spreading the gospel. The same chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse at the end of the chapter, verse 40, or verse 39 and verse 40, it says here, And these all, having, obta- having obtained a good report through faith, Received not the promise, God having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So Paul, as he concludes the chapter of faith, the hero's anchor of the generals of faith, he said these died, having obtained a good report. But he goes on to say they're resting. And for them to be able to receive the promise, they're waiting on us. Why are they waiting on us? They're sleeping in their graves. They did their part. They're waiting for us to be able to finish the gospel. So you and I are the ones that are holding Christ to come for the second coming. We are the ones who are keeping all the fathers of faith, and all the people that slept before us from obtaining the promises of the kingdom of God. So, as we look at, we look at the world today, as we look at the billions that populate the world today, it might seem overwhelming to think of finishing the gospel in our day and age, finishing the work. It might seem impossible. You might be saying, Pastor Michael, how is it possible that when we look at the Adventism or Adventist today, we are in our millions, how we will be able to reach the world in this day and age? Is it going to be done? But I have good news for you. God has given us tools today to be able to finish the work that he gave us. As I was looking into the book that was written by the servant of God, I was looking at this quotation, and I was very encouraged. There is something interesting in it. She says here, at a meeting held in Dorchester, Massachusetts, November 1848, I had been given a view of the proclamation of the sealing message. And of the duty of the brethren to publish the light that was shining upon our pathway. So at this moment in time, it's four years after the disappointment. The servant of God was given a vision of the publishing work. And she says here, she was given the vision of the proclamation of the sealing message. If you remember the sealing message, you go to Revelation chapter 7, And you also go to our message that we're given, Revelation chapter 14, that we have read. That's the same message that she sees in the vision as it was being proclaimed. And of the duty of the brethren to do what? To publish the light that was shining upon the pathway. Before we go to the next paragraph, I just want to highlight that word, publish. So our message was given for us to publish it to the world. You know, Israel of old was given a task by the Lord to be able to share the message of the first Advent or maybe even the second Advent of Christ. But they failed. Why? They didn't go with the message to the entire world. Now, we as Adventists, we know that we are present-day Israel. And we're given the task by the Lord to be able to spread the gospel to every tongue, kindred, and nation to publish the truth, the light that is shining upon our path. We're going to talk about this more when we look at the statistics of people who are looking and searching for the gospel. But the gospel was meant to be published. The gospel was given for us to be published to the whole world. She goes on to say, After coming out of vision, I say to my husband, I have a message for you. You must begin to print a little paper and send it out to the people. Let it be small at first, but as the people read, they will send you means with which to print. And it will be a success from the first From this small beginning, it was shown to me to be like streams of light that went clear around the world. The context is the publishing work, the printed page. But I would like to apply this same principle, this same quotation, to what we are going to be talking about this evening. We are talking about digital evangelism. So here she says, after coming out of the vision, she told her husband some principles that we want to take to digital evangelism what does she say she said you must begin to print a little paper and send it out, send it out to the people let it be what let it be small at first as i was looking online i was comparing some of our some of our avenues that we're using online to reach to the world and i was looking at some of the popular pages either at on youtube or on facebook I was seeing that the people of the world, people in the world, they have huge numbers of followers. But if you go to our, to our channels, to our pages, we see that the numbers are not as big. And some may think that in order for me to be able to start to make an inf- a difference in the world, to put an influence for the gospel, I must start big, maybe having 10,000 followers maybe having 20,000 or 100,000 followers, or maybe a million followers like the popular pages online. But here we get a principle from the servant of God saying, let it be what? Small at first. This is the principle that we must take from this quotation. Small at first, and let it grow as it goes. But as the people read, they will send you means with which to print. And the last statement there, she says, From this small beginning, it was shown to me to be like streams of light that weren't clear around the world. Interestingly enough, as you look at some of the images that you get online, if you just type in Google, and you type in internet logo or picture or images, you find images like these streams of light going around the world. I'm not implying that the servant of God was talking about the internet. She was talking about the printed page, she was talking about the printing press, the printing press, but as we see The gospel today, in our day and age, we know and we understand that God has given us a tool to be able to reach the world. And if you see how fast is light, you can easily see how we can be able to take that same principle that she said she saw streams of light going around the world, how fast internet is in in its capabilities to be able to help us to spread the gospel as fast as possible. Let us now look at some of the ways our pioneers used to spread the gospel. The printing press was invented in the 15th century. The printing press was the technology of the day, when she was talking about the streams of light, she was, of course, talking about the printing press. It was in 1440 that Johannes Gutenberg, I believe that he was inspired by the Lord, sitting right there, inspired by the Lord, inventing, experimenting, and he came up with the printing press. It was in 1450 that the printing press was, became popular around the then known world. Let's see how our pioneers utilized the printing press for the gospel. We read in the book, Gospel Workers, she says this. In these last days, in these days of travel, the opportunities for coming in contact with men and women of all classes and of many nationalities are much greater than in the days of Israel. Wow. This was in the 1800s. And if we take a look at today, if she was alive, if she was to rewrite this statement, she was going to write it in a different way. I think she was going to put more emphasis to say they are even greater and greater these days because of the technology that we are using these days. The world has become smaller because of the connectivity that technology has given us. The title for this presentation is, Why Digital Evangelism? And she goes on to say, The thoroughfares of travel have multiplied a thousandfold. God has wonderfully prepared the way. God has prepared a way for us to be able to reach the world. If God had prepared the way with the printing press, how much more has God prepared the way for us to spread the gospel online? The same paragraph, she goes on to say, the agency of the printing press, with its manifold facilities, is at our command, Bibles and and publications in many languages, setting forth the truth for this time, are uh, at our hand and can be swiftly carried to every part of the world. I want to remind you that this was the swift way she was, re- she was referring to that the gospel was to be carried to the world. The books were printed using the printing press, they were loaded. On the ships, and when they were loaded on the ships, they would go to far distant countries. And when they get there, they would be taken from from the harbors by this kind of transportation horses and carts. And she said, in those days, this method swiftly carried the gospel to every part of the world. It took months. When it got there, it took days for people to travel across the land. But the pioneers of our movement utilized every single opportunity and every single avenue of spreading the gospel. We know in our day and age, at this moment in time, we have airplanes. We can travel fast we know for sure that God has blessed us with a much more faster way of transporting the gospel. Now, though though the planes were faster, but now it is more fast or faster to be able to spread the gospel in this day and age. Within seconds, we can be able to send information around the world. I was in Houston, Texas, In 2018, in December, I had the privilege of visiting the NASA space station. One of our guides was showing us around. He mentioned that this was the premises that Armstrong worked from. I was so thrilled and fascinated to be at that that, that space station. But there's something very interesting that he mentioned. He said the satellite circles the globe very fast that it goes around the globe more than twice before we can see day and night. This is how fast this satellite can go. There has never been a, transport, a, a transportation in the world in the past that has, has gotten this fast as the internet has gotten. has gotten. We can be in places we can never be, we have never been, or we will never have a chance to be in, maybe in our lifetime. I was watching the feed last night, and people were saying, We're watching from India, we're watching from Indonesia, and we were watching from different parts of the world, they were tuning in. Now you can be preaching right now, and people can be listening to you across the globe even in places where it's so difficult to send missionaries. You can look at the image that is on the screen. This is the world that we live in. People are on their devices. This is how our world looks like. People spend more time on their devices than ever before. Jesus taught us a method of reaching people where they are. People are searching for peace, rest, answers to world events. They're searching for meaning. We will be able to capitalize on this tool and this avenue that God has given us. If you go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the Bible says, But when he, Jesus, saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. As I was looking at the statistics of how many people are using the internet, as you can see on the chart that is on the screen, there are 4.5 billion active users on the internet. 4.5 billion. These are the people that we have the potential to connect with. 4.2 of those 4.5 billion users are unique mobile internet users. And 3.8 billion of those 4.5 billion users are active social media users. And 3.7, they use the social media on their their phones? Is there any other medium in the past in our history that has gained this access to so many people like the internet has? Why digital evangelism? Why online evangelism? Because we can be able to connect with so many people in a very easy and affordable way. If we could connect All these four billion people with the gospel. Don't you think that it would be faster for the gospel to go around the world than Jesus would come? Don't you think that we will be able to hasten the coming of Christ if we are able to connect with all these people? This second, this uh, second slide of statistics, it shocked me. This is a minute on internet in 2019. It says here, 3.8 million people search Google in a minute. And 1 million log in Facebook in a minute. And if you see the amount of money that is spent online in a minute, 996,000 is spent online. I'm not sure if that is U.S. dollars or not. And between WhatsApp And Facebook Messenger, there's 41.6 million messages that are sent within a minute. This is how information is being passed around the world. People are engaging online, these different applications. They're downloading new applications on the App Store, Google App Store or Android App Store and Apple Application Store. It says here there's 390 apps that are downloaded every 60 seconds. So if you start counting now, when you get to 60, this is the amount of information that is passing through the internet. Mobile users, smartphones, you can see by countries that a lot of people they are owning their smartphones as compared to no phones and maybe just a flip phone. So they can actually do a lot more on their smartphones. You remember this verse, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world, and the end shall come. This reminds me of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 8. You know, one of, uh, one, of the, one of my friends, Felicia Datus, she's really, really into social media or just digital evangelism in general. She said, we as Adventists, we had to wait for COVID-19 to be able to teach us how to take the gospel online. She was referencing to this this chapter, Acts chapter 8. It was then that God brought persecution upon the church that the church was scattered abroad. It says here, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, Samaria, except the apostles. So as we look at what happened to the early church, God used persecution to be able to help them to be scattered abroad. I don't think this was God's intention. But when we don't listen and when we don't take advantage of the tools that God has given us, when we don't take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us, God sends a crisis for us to be able to understand and realize what we can do with the gospel. I was seeing churches getting online. I was seeing individuals taking their phones and just talking online because of the pandemic that we are experiencing. But did we really need to wait for the pandemic to see how we can be able to utilize the online space. I'm so thankful for the, for the technology. Now we can have a virtual camp meeting. But how much more could we have done in the past to be able to leverage this platform? God forgives us, and he still gives us opportunities to be able to still utilize the online space. Now we can be able to reach close countries. I think we have covered this before. I want to go back a little bit to, to the verse that is here in Luke chapter 16, verse 8. It says here, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. You know, as I was looking at this, I was looking at one of the of the industries that have made a huge impact around the world which is hollywood that verse that christ said the children of this world are wiser than the children of light is very true because if you take a look at how hollywood has impacted the world it is very fascinating i knew about the american culture when i was in my country zimbabwe before I even ca- come to the United States. Why? Because I used to watch movies. How did I get to watch movies? We downloaded movies online. My friends did, and they burnt them on CDs and DVDs, and we passed them around. That was not good. That was piracy. But I want to make a point here. That, that is not my point. But my point that I'm making here is that Hollywood managed to evangelize the world with falsehood because they know how to take advantage of the online space, how to take advantage of the different avenues of spreading the gospel. In a research that was, that was, uh, that was done by one of, these, one of the students, his name is, is um, I don't know if I can pronounce it well, Ali Abi, Andrew Ali Abi, he published this in the Cinema Journal. He said, They, meaning Hollywood, are good at making movies. And more importantly, they are really good at selling them. I highlighted, I highlighted selling them. Hollywood success didn't happen because they were making movies for everyone, it happened because they could convince you that the movie was made for you or was for you. You know, this reminded me of a statement that the servant of God said, or she referenced. She said, an important element in, education, in educational work is enthusiasm. Of course, this was the concept. On this point, there is a useful suggestion in a remark once made by a celebrated actor, the Archbishop of Canterbury had put to him the question why actors in a play affect their audiences so powerfully by, seeking, by speaking of things imaginary while ministers of the gospel often affect theirs so little by speaking of things Real, And then she goes on to say, he goes on to say, With due submission to your grace, replied the actor. Permit me to say that the reason is plain. It lies in the power of enthusiasm. We on the stage speak of things imaginary as if they were real, and you in the pulpit speak of things real as if they were imaginary. Of course, the context here, it was talking about the presentation of the gospel and how you deliver the message when you are preaching or when you are teaching. But at the same time, I would like to take this, con- this, con- this, uh, this principle out of context a little bit and put it in the context of digital evangelism, of which I believe with all my heart that it applies. The sons of darkness or the sons of this world, they take what they do so seriously and they take things imaginary like movies and they send them around the world with all strength, utilizing all the platforms and utilizing technology as if these things that are imaginary as if they were real. But we have the gospel, the good news, that when people hear the good news, they're going to be transformed and they will have the hope of of inheriting the kingdom of God, which has no pain, no sorrow, no crying. But we take the gospel and the resources for granted as if we have things imaginary. This is the way we are doing our work. The sons of this world have become wiser than the sons of light. This is how it's like in different parts of the world. They now have access to technology. They now have access to online, to online materials. So we need to capitalize on that. The subject this evening, why digital evangelism? as I was looking up online, and I was very curious, what are people searching about religious subjects? Religious subjects, they are searching online. And I found this, this uh, website called Theologus. I don't know if Pastor Dennis has mentioned some of the statistics that are from this uh, website. But I'll tell you this. There is a lot of people that are looking for the truth. You cannot believe this. Number one, it's what is love? It has over 3 million people that are searching. These are searches just in a month. Over 3 million people. They're searching for simple truths. What is love? You remember that quotation that we we read? That start small. Some of you might be thinking that I need to be a theologian to be able to reach the world. I need to be able to understand all questions to be able to reach the world. Someone is searching, what is love? Just imagine if we had 100 or maybe 1,000 YouTube channels and just put a presentation that is so simple, how you understand the love of God, so that when someone is searching online, what is love, All the information for the truth comes up online. What is love? The presentations that we have made may be as simple as having our phone, just talking in the phone, what you believe love, the love of God is and what God has done for you. What big of a difference will it be? Some of the topics they're searching, what is the Bible? 1 million point eight. Who is Jesus? 1 million point five. We don't have time to go through the whole list, but you'll be shocked on how simple the truths that people are looking and searching online. And the platforms that I'm going to be talking about tomorrow, they're free platforms. Everyone, maybe not everyone, but a number of us, we own a smartphone that has a camera, that has a recording button, that also has space you are connected to the internet, you can post something that will make a difference in someone else's life. The Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? It goes on to say in verse 15, Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So there is a promise that if we preach the glad tidings and share it with the, with the world, God will be able to honor us and give us the blessings, and hasten the soon coming of Christ. And we will have more disciples. This verse, I'm going to read it again. We read it before. When Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Do you feel the same way when you see the masses, when you see the multitudes, When you see all these millions of people searching for simple truths that you believe, they're becoming simple truths to us, but to the world, they're fresh, they're new. They have never heard of anything that we preach. Will you feel the same way as Jesus did and spread the gospel online? He goes on to say in verse 37, Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Matthew 9, verse verse 37. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So when I was looking at this topic, I was thinking we definitely need laborers. But before I conclude this message this evening, I would like to share with you my story. How Christian SDA media impacted my life. You know, I grew up in the church. I was raised a seventh day Adventist third generation. But I did not take Christ as my personal Savior until I was 1920. I met my friend who is the second from, from the right as you are looking into the screen. His name is Mdun He introduced me to a lot of gospel truths online that were being produced this side of the world in, in the United States of America. He introduced me to audioverse. But I didn't have money to go online because during those days, we had to go to an internet place, which we call internet cafes. And you had to pay a certain amount of money in US dollars to be able to have a few minutes, or maybe if you have more money, you can get an hour or two hours. So I didn't have that money, but my friend Mdu he was raised in a more well-up family, so he would go online and download sermons from Audioverse. And he would come to me and give me a flash drive. With sermons, I would fill all the sermons on, on my computer. That's when I started learning about ASI, started learning about Advent Hope. I started learning about many, many, many ministries that are in the church today started learning about campus ministries. Those messages were so sweet. We became became so filled with enthusiasm and zeal to spread the gospel because of those presentations. We would watch the videos. We started our own ministries. We started going to bus stations and preaching in every single bus that was waiting to depart. Because we were so on fire, we were not ashamed of anything. We would go to, you know, uh, during that time, there was, there was, there was um, a crisis in my country, an economic crisis, and people, a lot of people were looking uh, for to get out of the country, and they needed passports. But they took a long time, so they would wait at the passport offices outside the gate, maybe in their hundreds. We would just show up and start preaching to those people. And they would make decisions. Why? Because someone had made an effort, maybe to start Audioverse or Advent Hope, and uploaded a sermon that went through the web, downloaded by a young person in Zimbabwe, and that young person became on fire for the Lord and started preaching the gospel. I'm sure these these ministries, they've never heard my testimony. But this is the story of many, many young people in the country of Zimbabwe. This is how big of an impact you can make with the gospel, using the online tools. There are many people out there who are just waiting for you to be able to upload something. Maybe to share a quotation on your timeline, as simple as that. Putting a background, a blue plane background, saying, God loves you. Maybe there's someone who, is, who has given up on life, There's someone who doesn't have any reason to exist anymore, who are thinking that there is no love in this world. Why is there so much pain and suffering? If you post an encouragement, that person might be saved. My friend Felicia, she shares a testimony of someone who posted online. She said, I'm paraphrasing, something like, I'm done with life. Or she, she, she communicated that she was going to commit suicide. So people take, t- took her for granted. And people didn't even, they didn't attend to the need that was there. And then the, n- the next day or maybe a few days, she was found dead. And the person's mother was saying, if someone had just maybe sent a message to my child, my child could have survived. You never know who is about to give up on life, but you have access to that person. It might be in India. It might be in Zimbabwe. It might be in South America. My appeal at this moment is that we don't need to COVID-19 to teach us to do digital evangelism. We need the Spirit of God to help us to understand that this is the area we can put resources. Not to say other avenues one-on-one and many other avenues or spread in the gospel are not effective. They are. But we have a more faster way that can be able to help us to reach people with the gospel. So at this moment, I would like to challenge you. God is saying, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. If you sense the Holy Spirit, if you sense that God is saying, you need to do something online. Don't wait for, for anyone. Don't wait. God has given you your phone. God has given you the free platforms that we're going to be talking about tomorrow. God will give you the means. Start small. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.